0: What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 46 of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. I'd like to give a big shout out to our new teenage listeners from around the world. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like one-on-one counseling, or if you want to start or join an online group using the From A to D curriculum or podcasts, you can contact me in the most convenient way for you. Either go to my website, www.fromatod.org and click on the contact page or leave me a message on Anchor or email me at davidfromatod at gmail.com or message me on Instagram at davidfroma2d. We'll get into this episode entitled Treading Water Means I'll Drown Tomorrow When We Come Back. Welcome back to this episode entitled Treading Water Means I'll Drown Tomorrow. I'd like to start by giving a huge shout out to my friends from Notre Dame University who were on the Zoom call with me when this phrase jumped out of my mind. I hope you guys are listening. Let's start by defining treading water. A literal meaning is keeping one's head above water by remaining upright and pumping the legs. Can you picture that as a description of that emotion or area of your life where you're feeling like maybe you're just treading water as you listen to this story posted by throwaway who put it in reddit a few years ago I want you to think about what is in your life that keeps you feeling like you're treading water in Throwaway's story it is depression maybe for you it's stress or anxiety maybe it is fear Or finances. Perhaps it's that you have hit a rut in your marriage journey, where you're living with someone that you no longer feel connected to. Maybe it is repeatedly slipping back into your addiction to porn. Perhaps it is an active substance use disorder that has you getting high every day. Whatever it is, whatever makes you feel that you're treading water, Listen to and hear yourself in the words by throwaway. He said, I feel like I'm treading water, not yet drowning. I was 25 years old when I was diagnosed as clinically depressed. A year and a half later, here I am now writing this. I don't know where it will go or who will see it or even if anyone would care. I guess that doesn't matter. The thing that does matter is that I'm acknowledging it, the depression. Sure, I've told people that I'm depressed and I've told people that I need help, but I only now am recognizing the dangerous path that I am on. If I don't do anything, I'm going to kill myself. Not kill myself in the sense of putting a loaded gun under my chin and pulling the trigger, If I don't do anything, I will die, a slow and agonizing death where I, like some out of body experience, will watch while I become an empty shell. I don't want to be that shell. I thought maybe a change of scenery, getting physically away from the issues that triggered the depression would help, but it didn't. I only found new things to take its place. Everyone has problems. Problems that undoubtedly are worse than mine and they are well-adjusted normal people I don't know why I am unable to handle to cope with everything that is going on. I Mean people's parents divorce all the time and they have financial problems I don't know why I'm not able to handle it. It's like it all set off a snowball that set off an avalanche People have said that I don't act like I'm depressed. That's a facade. It's a face I put on. Otherwise, I'd break down and be useless. I wouldn't be able to communicate with anyone, and I wouldn't be able to work. I'd lose what few friends I have, and I'd lose my job. Shh. Sure. Remember, treading water means I'll drown tomorrow. What is the most important thing to keep from drowning? Well, get out of the water. But if you can't do that, ask for help. Keith Urban, the Grammy-winning country singer who publicly acknowledged his cocaine addiction and alcohol abuse, discussed the need to speak up to get help this way, and I quote, Everybody gets overwhelmed at points but it's when you think you can handle it yourself and you don't reach out for help, that is when the end is near. Recognize that you are about to tire, that drowning is looming. I've definitely been the drowning guy and in the midst of drowning thought, I wonder if I should put my hand up. Wow. Is that you? If it is, your first action is get out of the water and if you're not ready to get out put up your hand and ask for help but if you're not ready to do either of those make sure you tread water properly and the proper form to use when you're treading water is stay upright keep your head above the water don't swallow the water slow down your breathing stay calm You must stay upright and tall to keep from swallowing the water. If you're not vertical, they say you're swimming. And swimming against the tide is like running against the wind. That reminds me of the song Running Against the Wind by Bob Seger. Listen to some of the lyrics and see if you hear yourself in these. Against the wind. We were running against the wind. We were young and strong. We were running against the wind. The years rolled slowly past. I found myself all alone, surrounded by strangers I thought were my friends. I found myself further and further from my home, and I I guess I lost my way. There were oh so many roads. I was living to run and running to live, never worried about paying or how much I owed moving eight miles a minute for months at a time, breaking all the rules that would bend. I began to find myself searching, searching for shelter again and again, against the wind, a little something against the wind. I find myself seeking shelter against the wind. Can you identify with those lyrics? We have to stop running against the wind. We have to stop treading water waiting for tomorrow because tomorrow means death. So how do we not drown tomorrow? How do we get focused on what needs to get done? What should we even seize or grab a hold of? How do we even get the inspiration or energy to begin to get out of the water? How do we stop running against the wind and start using the wind as our sail to move us forward? Well, we have to take a good look at the current situation in our life. Many of you are treading in stagnant water and immune to the odor. Can you smell the stench? The health community lists these risks of living near stagnant water. Number one, insects. Mosquitoes and other bugs are attracted to this water and spread disease to the humans nearby. Can you hear those bugs buzzing by your ear? Can you feel them biting on your arms and legs? The second danger are rodents. Rats, mice, and other rodents bring even more disease and health issues around stagnant water. Do you even have the traps to get rid of the mice that have invaded your mind and your home? The third risk is poisoning. Drinking any of the water that's stagnant intentionally or accidentally while treading water can bring poisoning to you. Have you begun to swallow water as you have been treading too long? The fourth risk is diseases. Disease bacteria live and thrive in stagnant water and can infect anyone who merely touches the water. How many friends and family members of yours have become infected by simply touching the water around you? The fifth risk is aquatic death. Believe it or not, when the water is stagnant, there are layers of dead fish on the pond's floor, and they create a slippery slope for anyone who wades in. Or the people who are trying to rescue you at risk of being into your slime. The sixth risk is infection. Swimming in stagnant water can result in ear infections, which affect our ability to hear clearly. As you bob up and down treading water, has your ability to hear clearly been affected? Do you see the need to get out of the stagnant water? How do we make a plan to leave that stagnation behind us? Well, often the first step is, is simply to find something that makes us happy. Do you know what would make you really happy? Is it really attainable? Or is it just a fantasy, an unachievable hope? Maybe you need to let go of that unachievable hope because it is part of the stagnant water. Too often we list things or relationships that we lost in our addiction and that we want them restored in order to be happy. Is that even realistic or just more stagnant water? Richard Wagner, the 19th century German composer, wrote, and I quote, joy is not in things, it is in us. Wagner continued, I have only a mind to live, to enjoy. For example, to work as an artist and produce my works, but not a mind for the muddy brains of the common herd. Wow, that's a strong quote. Can you hear him saying we need to stop treading water in that stagnant, muddy pond and get the mud out of our brains and out of our thinking? We need to find joy in our everyday life by doing the things that lead us to happiness. And we need to remember that joy is in us. Success Magazine lists 11 simple ways to find joy in your everyday life. As you listen to these 11 things, I urge you to begin to start doing them. Choose the one you can do today and then add the next and the next As you fill your life with the joy from the inside. Number one, stop waiting to be happy. When I lived in the Kensington area of Philadelphia, the local L trains arrived every four minutes. Can you view happiness that same way? A new happiness train arrives every four minutes. Just hop on. Number two, add happiness to your life right now. Stop dreaming of being happy someday and start having nuggets of happiness that touch each of your five senses every day. Number three, make self-care part of your routine. Start each contemplative moment, each me time in your day by first releasing everything that stresses you or everything that is on your to-do list. Number four, get in a joyful state of mind. Even the briefest moments of joy can fuel hope for a future. Number five, stop worrying. Intentionally change your thought patterns away from worry, anxiety, and stress. And you will change your brain chemistry to receive more joy and more happiness. Number six, Appreciate the small things. Embrace and celebrate each step of your journey of recovery. Without the small steps, there would be no journey. Number seven, surround yourself with positive people. The people we connect with on a daily basis influence our attitude. Choose people wisely, reach out, and connect with them. Number eight, Laugh more. Like a young child who has not become inhibited by adult worries and responsibilities. just laugh. Number nine: love more. Refuse to let your life get more complicated than loving well and being well. Let me say that again: Refuse to let your life get more complicated than loving well and being loved. Number 10, find bliss in your bucket list. Totally immerse yourself in the celebration each time you check one item off your list. And finally, number 11, plan your happiness. Begin to find some happiness in your overall life situation and in your positive moments each day. I'd like to close with these words from Dodinsky, the author of the New York Times bestseller In the Garden of Thoughts. He wrote, We are like the little branch that quivers during a storm, doubting our strength and forgetting we are the tree, deeply rooted to withstand all of life's upheavals. Remember, you are the tree. Dodinsky also wrote, and I quote, Look at hopelessness in the face and say, we are simply not meant to be together. Hold courage's hand and walk away. Thanks for listening to this episode of the A to D from Addict to Disciple podcast. If you enjoy these podcasts, please share the link with your friends. And if you'd like to support our work with people caught in the snare of addiction, homelessness, or incarceration, just click on the support link in this episode's description. Your donation of any amount could change a life. Tune in Monday for our next episode, and as always, stay safe and stay strong.